I'm Mike Walsh, and you're listening to Between Worlds, the show that takes you over the horizon and beyond borders to bring you the global thinkers, innovators, and troublemakers whose ideas challenge the world as we know it. Suckerman, who's the co-founder of AdMobilize. Uh, we're here in Miami. Uh, you're just on the, the very verge of your new Kickstarter campaign for the product, The Matrix. Yes, that's uh, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm always a bit nervous when people have like product names like Matrix, because I think that somewhere in that you're going to be harvesting human beings for energy. <laughs> but, but this is a totally yeah. different play, isn't it? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this is really for um, just Internet of Things uh, and creating a platform where people can really embrace the ability to create applications in a kind of a centralized hardware which is the matrix and then creating this app store where people can just create we're going to come back to yeah. we talk a lot about sure. easier things yeah but i'm interested in, in, in how you started this journey how did how did you end up working on uh, iot startups here in miami of all places okay i think that's that's an interesting question right so i was born in brazil uh, my father is brazilian my mom is argentinian of course, growing up in Sao Paulo until the age of 11, that's a crazy mix to have an Argentinian mom and a Brazilian Somewhere father. Somewhere between the, yeah. the samba and the yeah. tango. Right? Yeah, that's right. So that, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, intense and beautiful at the same time. Then at age 11, we moved to Chile. Then we moved to Ecuador. My parents uh, went to live in Venezuela. And then I went to Cornell University. I did my undergrad there. I studied hotel management, uh, but mostly focused on stocks and just marketing technologies mm -hmm. um, then after I left there uh, the owners of the Breakers Resort in Palm Beach which is one of the most oh, I've been there it's extraordinary yeah exactly so I was there 10 years right uh, so the owners recruited me to really build their entire digital footprint uh, I did that made them a lot of disruptive innovations with complex yield management systems for booking engines um, and then I was really lucky because the chairman there his name is Mr. Keenan He's a disciple of Warren Buffett and has been trading for you know, 40 years and then he knew I had a, an, an avid passion for that. So then I, I became a bit of his disciple and joined the Breakers Investment Committee. I was like the youngest guy there. Um, made them a lot of money. In between that, I got my MBA and my dream was always, and that's in Palm Beach, which is an hour north of Miami. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be Miami, Miami, Miami. I'm big on kind of following your heart, it took me, I'm 38 now, it took me probably until, uh, until I was 35, no, no, 34 to really embrace that. Because my parents, you know, they, they're from more of um, a corporate kind of DNA. Um, and then also, so then I, I resigned from the breakers. I worked for Morgan Stanley for like a year and a half. Uh, hated that. Morgan Stanley is fine, but I had a calling which was to create and mobilize. And the entire concept there, Mike, was really... How do you connect the physical world to the online grid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing and, and heading um, just digital marketing for the breakers, uh, online you can measure everything, right? Offline, if you're doing any type of billboard advertising or in the US they call it digital out of home or out of home, yeah. you can measure anything. It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's just, a paper in the wall, it's, pretty it's, much. Yeah, or, it's or guesstimates. That, that's exactly, or it's a rotating GIF on, on a screen, right? Yeah. So. I started at Mobilize with the concept of how can we track what's happening and that convergence. Um, oh, in between that, before I got to Mobilize, my brother, who has a doctor in psychology, 
we launched a company called mytherapyjournal.com, which won on uh, Shark Tank, you know, the show in oh, the US. Was, uh, this is the first season, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Really? Was this the first season? Of yeah, Shark that was Tank? the first season. Ah, yeah. You remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Okay. So you you won. Then. Yeah, we won. We won. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got uh, O'Leary and Herchavec to own the show, invest money. So that was a crazy concept. It was okay. How do we democratize um, therapy and and take the stigma out of it? Hmm. And it was the the world's first online journaling based on cognitive behavior therapy. So really, kind of cutting edge stuff, which was which was very neat and, and very fun, right? <laughs> Um, and then what I, you know, after that, um, I, you know, when I started at Mobilizer was the concept of how do you merge those worlds? And I've always been a big fan of, you know, companies that can have a, an actual hardware where you are in control of it to connect things. So, and I'm looking at the, the ad beacon. This was your first hardware product. That, that's correct. Uh, and this is, I mean, you've got quite a number of, of different sensors inside this box. It's about, it's about the size of an iPhone. Uh, what, what's inside so inside that beacon, it's again, yeah, it's, it's a little thicker than than iPhone 5s, but it has a five megapixel camera. It has 4.0 Bluetooth. It has GPS. Uh, it has CDMA, and it has an onboard computer. It's, it's, uh, not as such as a as a powerful one, and then just power, right? right? And what this little machine does is that you can put it in any type of a retail environment, any digital screen, uh, advertising screen, or any traditional out of home advertising kind of asset. And what it does, it takes pictures, actually, it, it takes many pictures per second via video stream. And we've created all our own proprietary computer vision kind of code. And what it does is that it looks at the entire environment, captures people, so we can tell emotion analysis, is the person happy, sad, surprised, age, uh, gender, how long were they actually looking at this particular uh, ad or how long were they in, in, a, in a certain location within the retail. Mm. So it's really this convergence of, think of like Google Analytics for the physical world. So that's what that beacon did. We developed that in about eight months um, and we started selling it in about you know, four months ago and we're closing some really major contracts globally. Where I've seen similar technologies like Shopkick, they've really relied on consumers downloading an app to their phone, which is a big barrier. Right. People, I mean, generally people who want to do that will basically accept anything anyway. <laughs> right. And one of the things like... But the average person yeah. doesn't really want to download an app for someone to market it. That's correct. And one of the things is um, with iBeacon. So iBeacon, basically what it is, it's a 4.0 Bluetooth, which is a sensor, right? And it has a battery. That's it. So for that technology, which is really have gotten some some push on proximity marketing, yeah. it means that um, you need the, the user to have a mobile phone on, Bluetooth has to be on, the app has to be on, location has to be on, and then you're able to track, right? <laughs> that beacon, what it does is that it just tracks. It's, it's this age of touchlessness a technology, which I think is the future yeah. of, because look, everything that is web, we can track and it's very advanced. Everything that is mobile, but the, the missing kind of pillar of the trifecta in my mind is physical world. And we're developing like cutting edge technology that allows us to converge this in ways that the user not necessarily needs to interact or they can interact or they can opt to interact depending on the app. 
so this, your technology doesn't require them to, to actually do anything in order to be... That, that's correct. Right, but you're not identifying them as an individual, are you? We're not. It's, it's the, what we use is facial detection for that beacon product. So right. basically these are, you know, we, we don't know who you are. It's just, it's an, it's an algorithm that goes over a face. We capture the math of between, you know, your face has about 80 nodal points. So we look at those nodal points, we put numbers to it, and then we just get an average of that and then the image is immediately deleted so it's all very kind of <laughs> very Look, private yeah. I, you know as a guy with long hair yeah i, I used hope, to have long hair i just I hope i just hope your gender identification yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good it's pretty good man it's, it's more like in the 90 percent accuracy okay yeah yeah for sure for sure uh, so yeah. how 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 will retailers incorporate this into their engagement strategy? And I mean, you, you worked in, in hotels. I mean, hotels are a, an obvious place where you can engage guests. Uh, it, it's powerful, people. right? So one of the things is what you want is to be able to capture this data. And then if you capture it in real time, can you start doing things at the same point? So it's a bit like what Disney have done with their magic bands. Th that's correct, right? So think of now, if, if you have a, a digital advertising poster, um, in an airport or inside a store and things like that. Right now, like we said, it's not tracking anything. But now with our kind of algorithm for that beacon, uh, you can then start serving ads based on the audience that is being exposed to that ad in real time. Uh, so that's one of the big things uh, that, that we are doing, um, which becomes very powerful, right? So even think of our ad beacon technology, it's not only for the, the hardware of that beacon, but any camera that you have in the, in the physical world, we can put a code through it, which is amazing. So we have even created vehicle detection algorithms. So actually we're working with a couple of companies in London and that's growing much bigger. So they have camera streams looking at the road. Now by, man, it takes a few minutes to put a code through those cameras and they can quantify how many cars were passing, what were the peak periods and all of these things. Now, if you get that, that kind of intelligence and you put it with the content management system serving an ad in the middle of the road, right. then you connect that with a Waze app integration just from their API. And now if the road is not moving, that space on that billboard in the middle of the road should have a 10x premium because the cars are going five kilometers an hour instead of whatever, a hundred kilometers an but hour. But it also means we can totally reinvent real-time marketing. Th it, that's exactly I mean, the whole it. thing of uh, Oreo's dunking in the dark would just look yeah. like amateur hour compared yeah. to what you will be able to do with algorithms. Th that's correct. So that becomes real, it's, it's real powerful, real-time data. Think of the, the online, you know, bidding ad exchanges that exist there, but it's all online. Yeah. Now you get our technology to go to scale, then we can start putting some of the same kind of intelligence of serving intelligent ads and measuring and optimizing the physical world. So that's where Mobileye started. First product was that beacon. In my mind, I see that beacon. It's a, it's one device, one app. That's it. So, and if you think of that, think of like you know the smartphones back in the day, right? The smartphone before smartphones. Sorry. You had a camera, you had a calculator, you had an MP3 player, you had a notepad, you had the Palm Pilot. You had all these different... And a file effects. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you had all these different things, right? And all these different things were... Uh, people bought them and they had huge markets. Then, eight years ago, the team at Apple said, you know what, let's create one single device, one app. No, sorry, one single device with some powerful hardware behind it. And let's create a, an open kind of 
controlled platform where developers can create apps. And then the smartphone was born. Now move eight years later, the smartphone has had 100 billion downloaded apps. Last year alone, they had generated $10 billion in sales, in revenues for developers. Today, there's 1.5 million available apps on the, on the Apple smartphone. Now, if you look at where that beacon, which we have developed, which is a very powerful app, right? But it's one device, one app that does one thing. And that's why, we, you know, two days ago, on November 10th, we launched uh, the Matrix. Right. So in your characterization, yeah. the smartphone essentially yeah. was a standardized piece of hardware that people could then innovate at a software level around. Th that's correct. And, and what you're trying to do now with, I yeah. guess, this new product, the Matrix, is to create yeah. a standardized platform of sensors. That's for, for the physical environment. For the physical environment. So the way I see it is, you know, the mobile is in most applications is one-to-one. Yes. You-to-one, right? The Matrix, which is this very powerful hardware, has 15 embedded sensors components into it, right? It looks beautiful too, I'm big on design. Yeah. We'll do that for, for the physical environment, for the physical world, right? And the physical world is not one-to-one. -one. It can be one-to-one, -one, but in most scenarios is one-to-many. And that's the big difference between kind of the way I see Internet of Things with mobile and web. So, so, in your vision, will, will effectively these how many how many sensors are packed into this device? Fifteen sensors. Fifteen. Yeah. And what are you tracking? So the matrix has think of you know a camera, GPS, Bluetooth, uh, accelerometer, humidity, temperature, gyroscope. It has a mic. It has a microphone. It's think of like almost the Swiss Army knife of sensors, and we right. did a lot of research behind it. And then to put this thing together uh, required a lot of engineering, just expertise, right? <laughs> not, not an easy feat, not an easy feat. But it's almost spaghetti on the wall. I mean, you basically, every possible thing you could track, you've crammed it into this device. I mean, most scenarios, like so there, and we also left two ports open. These are mini USBs, um, which people can add other sensors. So it's really Pareto's law, right? We tried to put 20% of all the sensors that people use that will allow them to do 80% of applications right. with the device. There is an argument. Uh, that although you say this is the smartphone of, of, of the Internet of Things, yeah. some people say the smartphone is going to be the sensor. So I mean, what, what will this do that a smartphone can't do? Right, so I think one of the things is people that have their smartphones, they like to have them with them at all times. Yeah. You're not going to go to your logistics uh, warehouse and you're going to arrive there in the morning, <laughs> you're going to put your smartphone on the wall, and then you're going to pick it up at the end of the day, right? So it, people, it, it's almost like the, the smartphones is another limb. Right, and and that's not going to change. And this is this is designed to be more of an ambient sensor. It's it's more to be um, designed. So we have we've really been flexible in the way that you can connect this thing, right? So the matrix, you can connect it on a wall, on a ceiling, and then it has a very attractive kind of base where you can um, a holder where you can put it pretty much anywhere. So there's some flexibility of how you can move it, or you can you can leave it static in a location as well. And I think that's the big, the, the big difference. I've got to say, yeah. when I saw the design, I, I realized I'd seen it somewhere before, and uh, it was 2001. It's like the, it's like the Hal, Hal, H-A-L-I, looking at you, crossed with Knight Rider. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. I you don't know, know, in 2001, with the, the artificial intelligence, uh, it, it always has the oh, same like sensor looking at you. Look, it, it could be. I mean, we, the one thing we did with ours is that it has an LED ring around it. So one of the big things that 
we wanted to make the matrix a, a beautiful design. So the ring, you know, the LED can be all rainbow or it can be all green. It can be, have a variation. Right. And one of the things I think which is really important is you want to build a curiosity of people to look at the matrix and say, man, what does Dawn do? How can I play with Dawn? How can I interact with Dawn? What type of intelligence does Dawn have? And I think that's really the power because you can have, let's say, a matrix in, in a museum, right? So let's say you have it in front of the Mona Lisa, right? Now the Mona Lisa probably has five different things in there. One is a camera, one is a temperature, one is a proximity. So the museum probably has five different things just to look at the Mona Lisa. Now you can get a matrix with an app that not only captures all the crowd analytics, mm. if someone is approaching close to the Mona Lisa, because of the proximity you send using the speaker, then it's gonna say, sir, please back down. People can use gesture recognition and do a thumbs up on the Mona Lisa. That's gonna register as a, a like in the physical environment and so forth, right? right? And these applications change. You can have a warehouse of chickens and now instead of you going to Cisco or SMP to a very expensive solution, you buy a matrix um, that has computer vision measuring the movement of chickens around the warehouse. You also have the camera looking at the water levels. Maybe you have a small separate sensor on the food levels. And all of this information is being tracked in real time, sending alerts to the warehouse manager. And you did that just by buying a matrix from the store with that one app that you downloaded immediately, a very inexpensive way. And there you go. You solved your wired farming complex IoT kind of real world tracking just by buying one little device with one app. Right. That those are the powerful. Um, well, what, what is your sense when it comes to the Internet of Things? What the the, the emerging killer app is going to be? Uh, I mean, for smartphones, it was it was you know essentially communication. Right. So I, I think for us, there we have a couple of hypotheses there. Right. Uh, one of them is so think of um, apps such as Yelp, uh, which is I, I don't I, I don't know the, the amount of, it doesn't come to my mind the amount of users that use it daily. By Yelp, basically, you go to an establishment, you have some experience, you use your phone, and you provide it, right? You can have those kind of simple apps where a matrix can be on every one of these establishments, and then anyone can just look at it, put a, a number five or four or three, and basically you just rated the location. And maybe you can, you can say, I want to say more. You can say, so then our computer vision gesture control knows that you have five fingers on top, you know, looking at the matrix. You can say it, and then we have just simple API integrations that convert the verbiage, you know, your voice into text, and suddenly you have. You can have another matrix application for Airbnb, so you can have the matrix in front of the house, uses the NFC chip that is in there, you pay, then for that app, you can also have, you know, a, a facial recognition that matches the person that is arriving, and then the matrix controls the lock that is on that door and suddenly you made an Airbnb location so much smarter, but it just took, let's say, Airbnb developers very few lines of code to create this because we decided to create apps using JavaScript, right. which is the easiest programming language. So these are some of these applications that, you know, as in the next few months, we're going to be building and opening. Um, you know, for developers to do that. That's why it's really exciting that we're on Kickstarter <laughs> because developers are buying 
matrix because they want in and how well, people used to use the connect for this and it's funny when i was in tokyo yeah. i saw a yeah. number of billboards yeah. with connects at the bottom of the billboard because yeah. they were it was the only real solution to try to work out eye tracking and, and, and engagement right the problem with connect and again it's a very powerful but it's an expensive machine as well right and uh, connect it's good if you have one person with limited movement around it. Uh, what we try to do is how can you scale the solution? If we go back to that ad beacon app, right? In a way that is inexpensive and you can just scale it very quickly without additional stereo cameras and things like that. Yeah. That's what we're trying to really make something that is very complex, very simple. Uh, the, the irony is there used to be not enough information, but with yeah. all the sensors you now have, yeah. there's gonna be a lot of noise in, in, in what, gestures are actually significant. <laughs> yes. I mean, you use yourself a Latino, and you know, Latinos yeah. use a lot of hand gestures. Yeah, for sure. And one of the yeah. funniest things I ever yeah. saw was yeah. you know, like some Latino family friends of mine trying to yeah. gesture control a Samsung television. Oh. And it was just a disaster, <laughs> right? The volume was going up and down all the time. And yeah, you know. I, I think there's going to be... The, look, it's about simplicity, right? Yeah. So I think um, there's a couple of gestures that are universally known. And if we, and, and the people that build those apps, are able to really make those gestures immediate, like the thumbs up, right? Like then the, the love and peace kind of, and then maybe the okay symbol, which in Brazil is not good. <laughs> in the US means okay, but in Brazil means a few. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want to do that gesture in Brazil, right? Actually, but but, but, it, but yeah. it may be that we, you, I mean, rather than forcing people to learn the language of gestures, we have to create uh, cultural filters. And that's correct. So, so you know, those things are going to happen. And for us, I mean, we're a team of 35. Uh, we're headquartered in Miami. We have an office in London and then an office in Bogota, Colombia. Mm. The cool thing is this, right? It's exciting for us to develop a platform where we're allowing people to create their inventions with software on our hardware. And that's amazing because you don't know, like, I doubt that the, you know, the, the, the main team at Apple that put the smartphone and the concept of the apps together would ever imagine Candy Crush. Exactly. <laughs> and look at it, you know, so that's that's the, the power for it, you know, and I'm and I'm big on the concept of just creation. I think the entire our entire life is and the entire universe is on this concept. I think there's one just one formula. And the formula is continue creating. That's it. And the universe, so I don't know who created that one formula or how it happened, but it's one formula. Just continue creating. And through creation, there's destruction and creation. But creation is the winner, not destruction, right? So even in technology, when you do things like that, it's really powerful because if you allow people to create, then, then you know, it's, it's limitless. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about this. If it's not Facebook or Google, it's the NSA. We're being measured, analyzed, quanti quantified in almost every aspect now. Yeah. Do you see a danger that this new Internet of Things is just going to bring more surveillance to us without necessarily more convenience? Look, I think only time will tell. Because um, if you were to ask that question, maybe in the cusp of when Facebook was existing uh, or was, was growing, people would have said, whole bunch of things oh it's never gonna happen it's never gonna reach a billion people they're controlling every image and of course the press is gonna make a lot of things about that now is, is that gonna be the case now with internet of things I don't know and if it is nobody you know like just compare in the beginning of Facebook the disasters that people were talking that it would be where would you, you know 
and look where it is today. So I think some of it only time will tell, and then the other part is like hindsight. Well, there needs right? to be a positive story. I mean, they, yeah. if you show someone a CCTV camera, yeah. they don't think security. They they think uh, invasion of, of privacy. Correct. Uh, and and you don't want people to look at a. A matrix and <laughs> no and, and that's correct so a lot of so two things there right yeah. so we we made the the security protocols and the way that's going to be depending on the app some apps would have people would have to opt in some apps is just just algorithms that is not capturing any people right right and just like that beacon today we, we capture image we run the algorithm on a, on a, on a person, on a face, and an image is immediately deleted. It's better than cookies online. Hmm. Cookies online keeps, keeps your information, I believe now it's for seven days, right? So, but the future, I think some apps are gonna have to have the opt-in of the crowd. Some will, will not need to because they're not capturing crowd, they're capturing whatever, cows or chickens or plants, things like that. Uh, but it's something that, you know, as, as, as a CEO of Admobilize, you always want to be very respectful of the world and people and things like that, right? It's, it's kind of one of these top top of mind things. So you're going to give the NSA a backdoor? You, you know, I, I don't even want to... <laughs> I, I hope they never they never knock on my door because even <laughs> if you look back at, you know, at, um, at, at history of what they had, they went after Google, Facebook, Amazon, and it's, it's complex. It, it's complex and... I, I hope we don't get there. In the other way, you know, if you're big, if you're big enough that they come talking to you, then you, you, you I, I think it's well. tough. I mean, you, you look yeah. at some of this, um, how Facebook had to respond, um, even in Congress, you know, like post, they put them in really tricky positions. And as a company, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, if that happens, I'll have to call Mark Zuckerberg and say, hey, how did you handle that? <laughs> if we get, you know, like, you don't know. But yeah. I'm sure those guys have um, have some, some real war stories of how they had to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 what excites you most when you, when you think about yeah. the, the, this, this new connected world of where the physical is now essentially made virtual? So I, I think there's some unbelievable possibilities, right? So think of cert, our team has already conceptualized over 175 potential apps. And some of these apps are amazing. So think of, you know, um, people around the world that, that use, you know, just sign language to communicate. They have trouble, but in, in, in some environments. But if you have an amazing... You're talking about Italians, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know? <laughs> like, they did a study, you know, like uh -huh. the Romans have uh -huh. the most evolved complex hand gestures in the world. I would believe it. Yeah. And then probably the Argentinians are next. I mean, there's a lot of hand <laughs> movement there, you know. And But imagine, you know, for folks that use that as their main communication, and now you have apps on drive-throughs or you have apps in different locations, you can start creating these amazing interactions of things that you never did before mm. or you can start capturing information in, in the real world that can alert people of access I mean, you can do so many different things and it, it can almost happen like magic i think that's really exciting you know and um and then personally that's one of my big dreams i i you know the goal is that admobilize becomes uh one of these amazing technology companies. Uh, everyone in my team becomes wealthy beyond their imagination. Clients love us. People want to get our products, right? And then, and then one of my things deep inside is that I would love to go back to Brazil and create these schools, these entrepreneurship schools for um, like 
children that are creative but maybe were never given the opportunity and things like that and allow them to create ah i tell my wife all the time like we achieved that oh we 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 left our mark on this planet and that would be an amazing uh, <laughs> like an amazing like yes you know that would be amazing yeah Rodolfo, it's been great having you on the show thank you thank, thank you, you very much. all the best <laughs> all right You've been listening to Between Worlds. For more episodes and information on how to subscribe to our podcast, please visit www.mike-walsh.com/slash Between Worlds.